The US has faced fierce criticism for vetoing a United Nations Security Council draft resolution that called for an immediate humanitarian ceasefire in the Israel-Gaza war. The Palestinian President Mahmoud Abbas has uh, released a statement this morning saying that the veto makes the US complicit in what he describes as war crimes against Palestinians. It says uh, that he condemns the American position as a flagrant violation of all humanitarian principles and values. And he holds the US responsible for the bloodshed of Palestinian children, women and elderly people in the Gaza Strip. Well, the US envoys said that such a ceasefire would be dangerous and unrealistic. Every other member of the 15-member council backed the resolution, with the exception of the UK, which abstained. Israel thanked the US and said that a ceasefire would have given Hamas, which is classed as a terror group by many Western governments, a chance to regroup. Our Middle East correspondent Hugo Bashega has this report. In Gaza, there's no safe place, says the UN Secretary-General. The healthcare system is collapsing, hospitals have become battlegrounds, and Palestinians have no shelter and everything else needed to survive, he says. This was the scene in Khan Yunis in the south yesterday, and the aftermath of an Israeli airstrike as the military pushes ahead with its war against Hamas. Hours later at the UN in New York, the Secretary General called for a ceasefire and had this warning. There is a high risk of the total collapse of the humanitarian support system in Gaza, which would have devastating consequences. We anticipate that it would result in a complete breakdown of public order and increased pressure for mass displacement into Egypt. I fear the consequences could be devastating for the security of the entire region. But the US, which has veto power, ignored his calls and voted against it. Our goal should not simply be to stop the war for today. It should be to end the war forever, break the cycle of unceasing violence, and build something stronger in Gaza and across the Middle East so that history does not keep repeating itself. Britain abstained in the vote. Every other member of the Security Council backed the ceasefire. We call for further and longer pauses to get aid to Palestinians and allow space for further hostage releases. But we cannot vote in favour of a resolution which does not condemn the atrocities Hamas committed against innocent Israeli civilians on the 7th of October. In Gaza, the situation for civilians grows more dire by the day. The World Food Programme is warning of widespread famine and says nine in ten Gazans are not getting enough food. Our life is extremely difficult, says Hassanin, another displaced Gaza resident, now in Rafah. There's not even water. This is what we face every day, he says. As the fighting continues, more people are being killed and the suffering of survivors is getting worse. Israel says it is taking steps to protect civilians in Gaza. But the world is asking, is it enough? Hugo Mashega, BBC News, Jerusalem. 
Well, it's been confirmed this morning that one of the Israeli hostages still remaining in Gaza has been killed. Um, this is a picture of Sahar Baruch, who was from Kibbutz Beri. I just want to read to you uh, what his community uh, have released as a statement uh, just in the last few hours this morning. They say it's with great sorrow and a broken heart that we announce the murder of Sahar Baruch, 25 years old, who was kidnapped uh, from his home on the 7th of October by Hamas terrorists and taken to Gaza and murdered there. We share they say, in the unbearable grief of his parents, Tammy and Ronnie, his brother Guy and Niv, uh, his family and all of his loved ones. And it also goes on to say, we will demand the return of his body as part of any hostage release deal. We won't stop until everyone is home. That's a statement from uh, Kibbutz Beri, uh, which is the kibbutz where Sahar Baruch, 25 years old, lived and has been uh, confirmed to have been killed in Gaza. Well, let's get some more reaction to that vote at the UN Security Council last night that we've been uh, discussing throughout the morning. I spoke a little earlier to Dr. Mustafa Barghouti. He's president of the political party, the Palestine National Initiative. And I asked him about that US veto that had been used on calls for a ceasefire. The United States of America and Britain did not support ceasefire means they are participating in this crime. They are covering up the terrible crime of genocide that is happening now in Gaza and the terrible other crime of, of, of uh, ethnic cleansing that the Israelis are conducting against the people. And a third war crime, which is collective punishment, depriving people from every possibility of having a normal life. I heard you, the, the representative of Britain saying that she wants to condemn the killing of Israelis. Fine. We don't want any Israeli or Palestinian to be killed. But why is she saying that the killing of 32 children should be condemned, while she's not saying that the Israeli killing of 7,500 Palestinian children should also be condemned? That is a double standard. And what happened in the Security Council is very dangerous. It sends a very negative message to the whole world that from now on, we don't live and the, the world is not living according to international law. It's important to say that Israel strongly refutes those claims of genocide and ethnic cleansing in particular. Um, I, I wanted to ask you about, specifically, and you touched on it there, what the US and the UK were saying at the UN Security Council. They said that a ceasefire now does not provide a lasting resolution to this. What is your suggested path forward to actually make sure that Hamas does not provide an ongoing threat to Israel while also protecting Palestinian civilians in Gaza? Hamas was reacting to what Israel was doing. I'm not justifying anything. But to, to think that the world it, it, that, history that was, started... It, it, no, no, I, let I, me finish. Anna, let me finish. It was, it was, it was, say, these, these were massacres on that day. I mean, you're, you're saying they were reacting. You're saying you're not justifying it. But it is important no, no, to say I'm, that I'm these were brutal that attacks the whole, the on whole Israeli situation. civilians. And we, we, should, we should make that Anna, you strongly. should allow me to answer you. Can I answer you, please? Can I answer? I think please, what please is do. happening... Yeah. I am quoting Mr. Guterres the Secretary General of the United Nations, that nobody can doubt is a good man. He said, things did not happen from a vacuum. We have been oppressed by the Israeli-Israeli occupation since 56 years. 
That's Dr Mustafa Barghouti, president of the Palestine National Initiative. I also spoke earlier on to Asaf Sharif, who's a former consul general of Israel in New York. Uh, he is in Tel Aviv. Um, and he explained a little more about uh, his perspective on the current situation in Gaza. The problem is that we see that even during the ceasefire and on, on a daily basis that uh, uh, trucks of food and gas and uh, uh, other humanitarian aid that are, are getting in, they are not going, going to the citizens. Since there are no UN people in, inside Gaza and the Israelis are not controlling who gets the food, we see that the leaders of Hamas are taking the food and all this aid to their people. So we can bring in as that's, much that's, as we that's can. That's not quite correct, though, is it? Because you, you said, you, just, just for... for, for accuracy, though. You said that the, the UN aren't inside Gaza, but UNRWA, the UN Relief and Works Agency, are operating inside Gaza. Yes, and I feel sorry for them because every day they are get, the, the ones that are getting in are being robbed. The trucks are being, there's a mob running towards this uh, 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 trucks of food or humanitarian aid, and then come a truck with uh, five or six or seven people of Hamas, and they're just taking everything. This is the daily basis. There are a lot of videos, and you see more and more people in but Gaza these are, these complaining are desperate about the that we're seeing in these videos, aren't I, they? I, they're definitely, without a doubt, suffering, and we feel. I personally feel sorry for every innocent people in Gaza, definitely. But what's the solution? If we bring more, Hamas will have more, and then the situation will only continue. If we'll have a ceasefire now, we tried it. You know, this is not the first operation since Israel evacuated from Gaza in 2006. And every two years, we have two or three years, we have an operation. And after two weeks, the UN said, let's do a ceasefire. And it continues. And, you know, Hamas took hostages to Israeli people, but they also took hostages uh, uh, some of the, the innocent citizens in Gaza who suffered. But if we will not put an end to the regime of the Hamas, it will just continue for two more years. So we'll have a, a two weeks stop or two years stop, but it will continue. We have to get rid of this government and make sure that the citizens of Israel and the citizens of Gaza will not suffer from this administration. Well, let's talk to uh, Stephen Erlanger, who's the chief diplomatic correspondent in Europe for The New York Times. Uh, thank you for joining us here on BBC News. Let's talk about the, the US position, first of all, because they are, of course, Israel's main political and military ally. But there's been a lot of criticism about that position that they took at the UN Security Council last night. Not a surprising one. Um, what is your assessment of what, what the US perhaps wants to do next? Well, the U.S. would like this over with, but the U.S. also wants Hamas taken out of power in Gaza. So the U.S. has given Israel time, but the clock is ticking. Israel has urged, um, sorry, the U.S. has urged Israel very strongly to let more aid into Gaza. Uh, the slaughter going on hurts Israel's reputation. It hurts the United States' reputation. But for Hamas, to win, it only needs to survive in power. And no one really wants that to happen, to be honest, not the people of Gaza, I assure you, because I've spent a lot of time there, not the Saudis, not the Jordanians, not the Palestinian Authority, not Israel, not America. But to defeat Hamas, you have to defeat them. Ceasefire would simply stop the fighting, and it would it would leave Hamas in place. That's the argument. That's the American argument. So Biden is giving Israel time, but the time is not unlimited. And they have urged Israel very openly, including from the vice president, 
to be much more careful about civilian death and casualties, to use uh, less bombs and smaller bombs, uh, to really bring this to a halt. But they're not going to let a ceasefire stop it in the middle. The U.S. Secretary of State, Antony Blinken, was speaking just the day before yesterday and talking about the gap between Israel's stated intent to protect civilians, but the, the reality of what was happening on the ground and the fact that he, he felt the need to say that publicly. Does that suggest that he doesn't think Israel is listening to what he's saying, either publicly or privately? I think that's an issue. I mean, the Americans and Israelis are talking every day almost um, about, about all this. But Israel has its own national interests and at some point is going to do what it thinks it needs to do. I mean, it's listening to the United States, it's listening to Britain, it's listening to Germany, but it doesn't always agree. It's the same with the, with the desired end state. The Americans want a two-state solution. They want the Palestinian Authority to somehow take over power in Gaza. Bibi Netanyahu says, no way. But for that to happen, you need a new Israeli government, you need a new Palestinian government, and you need the hostilities to end. There's a long way to go, I'm afraid. Mm. And Stephen, for how long do you think that, that Israel will continue to get particularly U.S. backing, when you touched on this, to, to continue this military operation as the number of Palestinian deaths and, and injuries continues to climb? That, that There will surely be some sort of, of cutoff date for that backing, won't there? Well, it's flexible, but I, I would think it's more a matter of two weeks. I don't think it'll be much more than that. I don't think it'll be even another month. Stephen Erlinger, thank you uh, for joining us from the uh, New York Times.